0: I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Together, we are Kenny and Rennie. This is the Kenny and Rennie post game show after another game in which the Winnipeg Jets get to the blueprint that Rick Bonus um, has set out for them. Uh, hey, he said he was looking for consistency. Uh, that's the next stage of what they're looking for this team. He said, "You in the media, you fans, you've seen examples of the Jets playing the style of hockey he wants them playing. You've seen them Uh, playing the style of game he doesn't want them to play. He's made very clear that road trip that we saw, that's the style of hockey he doesn't want them playing. He made very clear after the Montreal game, after the St. Louis game, that's the style he wants them to play. And they hit that against night i think it's the first time you know in my opinion i know the coach feels this way it's the first time they've done it in back-to-back games after last game he said that's the next you know the next frontier that this team is looking at is trying to do that consistency so back-to-back you know i don't know that we need to throw a party right now uh but i do think that the winnipeg jets are in a situation where we are seeing them start stacking the efforts, one on top of the other, that uh, Rick Bonus is looking for. I, I got to say this: it's, it's. I think it's a bad. Sorry. While it seems like it should be a good day for you know account holders like Sean's brooding pessimism, who love to you know kind of poke fun at at you know my. I don't want to say my persona, but the way that I've handled a lot of Jets wins over the last number of years since this podcast has started. uh, I've explained it before. I'll explain it quickly again. There's a lot of times in the past uh, and Ken and I were talking about it. I think for the most part, we've seen examples of it since the 2018-19 season where I would watch Jets games and I would walk away from them feeling, you know, dissatisfied or not liking what i'm seeing despite the fact that they are winning and i know that there's a lot of people in the chat room who take a look at that and think that i'm just sour i know there's a lot of people who suggest that i don't like the jets um and that i i get upset when they win um i think the entire time it's been the style of hockey that that has been the that rick bonus has come in here and trying to root out that is the thing that has got to me it's a good day for issue boy Bruce because issue sorry not issue boy Bruce uh for for Sean Reynolds brooding pessimism because he was gifted a lamplighter and I just sent that uh to him he got the eight pack gifted to him by another one of our viewers so it's a good day no doubt uh for Sean's brooding pessimism on that regard maybe it's a bad day because it's going to be very hard for me to have that kind of attitude towards this team and not that I'm trying to have that attitude towards this team I was saying to Ken this is fun. It's fun to watch this version of the Winnipeg Jets. It's fun to watch them go out and give an honest effort. It's fun to watch them play the right way. It's fun to see them getting results that are that are the result of hard work, not the result of, you know, taking it easy and, and somehow pulling a game out of the fire time and time and time again. This to me is fun hockey. I said, after the, uh, after the last game, these, this is the kind of hockey. It's to me that makes me thankful that there's an NHL team back and you get to watch this over and over again. Uh, Sean Reynolds' brooding pessimism, not the user, but but what a lot of people feel you've seen from me over the years, I think has been a reaction to an unsustainable style of hockey that I've seen this team infected by for a number of years. And what I see when I see games like this is I see a coach that's walking in intent on rooting that out. And tonight is another example of his success in doing just that. That's my take on it. Uh, we'll get the take of Ken uh, as he comes in here. Man with the best music in the business. Let's bring in Kenny. Danny, before we get rolling on this, i got to say there is a lot of drip in the building today. uh, And it's not just the Winnipeg Jets players uh, walking into the building. I know people are pointing out John Liu's uh, kit on the, the broadcast. It's one I've seen when we were covering, or sorry, when I was in Montreal and covering their way to the Stanley Cup final. I saw him with the, basically, it's like a suit, but at the same time it's a hoodie and it's sweatpants and he's wearing the kicks. He's got it all going on definitely looking good but i gotta say i think i'm holding my own and no <laughs> doubt you're looking good you got another one of the vittorio rossi suits on you're looking good kenny my man
1: i do what i can sean uh, yeah frank and manford and the, and the crew uh, taking good care of us uh over at the store there yeah looking sharp and the uh, jack victors so we're just trying to trying to keep up with the joneses here but uh i, definitely. I was gonna
0: say i was gonna say you're saying you do what you can that, that that's bs i'm not doing what i can we're doing what frank does for us uh down at vittorio rossi he's got it going on this uh like right down to the point where i go there and he says this is your suit This is the shirt you're going to wear with it This is the tie you're going to wear with it Don't mess this up Take pictures now if you need to So I go scrolling back when I go to my closet and I'm like okay what goes with what He sets it right out for you So if you want to look good You got to head down to Vittorio Rossi on Corden uh, Avenue See Frank and the boys Because he knows how to take care of his guys And make them look like a million bucks Like you do tonight here Ken Now I wonder if your takes are going to be worth a million bucks I don't know about it But give me an idea of what you're seeing out there
1: well, it was an interesting game, uh, Sean. Obviously, first period was uh, was you know fairly even. Uh, Rick Bonus didn't really like the uh, end of the first period, I guess. But for the most part, I think the Jets were pretty solid in that period. Uh, didn't give up a ton of quality. I mean, Connor Hellebuck obviously had to make a few important saves. But uh, as the game went on, obviously, special teams a massive uh, you know massive factor in the game. Obviously, the two goals on the power play a uh, really slick short-handed marker from Adam Lowry, his uh, second in the last couple of games here, second in the last five games, uh, and then Nate Schmidt, uh, uh, important goal, again, Jets were looking for more offense from the defense, uh, a guy like Nate Schmidt had a really important effort in terms of what he was doing on the penalty kill, a couple of really big shot blocks, Brennan Dillon and Nate Schmidt I thought were very solid as a pairing again, so he gets a nice pass from Cole Profetti, buries it, gets to hear Mambo number 5, feels pretty good on the bench. And uh, overall, uh, solid effort from the Jets. I, I agree with you. you know, consistency is something we were talking about after the last game. And this was a consistent effort. This was a very structured effort. 30 shots on goal, yes. But to me, I don't think that, that it was a, you know, Connor Hellebuck was not overly busy. He was busy enough but I didn't find him having to make a, a ton of highlight reel type saves. He was very solid. We know he loves afternoon games and in typical Connor Hellebuck fashion, let's not just stop at 30, right? I mean, it's right up there with, uh, I can't wait to see my banner up there when he, when he passed Tom Barrasso for the uh, most wins by us born goalie. Uh, but a couple things stand out to me. And we talked about them on our post game hit for Sportsnet. Um, two players in particular yes this was a you know again one of those team efforts by the Jets lots of positives for them but two things for me Josh Morrissey is playing at an exceptional level not just because he leads the team in points he's playing great and Connor Hellebuck I think it was your question Sean you asked him flat out how he rates his start to the season yeah he said he feels better than he ever has and yeah. guess what the numbers back that up Sean 209 goals against after today's game and 9.36 save percentage. but it, We know it's only nine starts and 11 games for the team, but those numbers are better than what his Vesna Trophy winning season was. And the other part of that, Sean, he's also still a bug up around the league leaders in goals saved above expected. So, I mean, a couple of things. The Jets made life a lot easier for Connor Hellebuck in the last two games, which is what they need to do. But at the same time, Connor Hellbuck is very locked in. He's dialed in. He's the rock of the Winnipeg Jets. And guess what? If he isn't as busy and he can stay a little bit fresher, that's good news for the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Um, you know, when you're a journalist and you're asking questions, sometimes you, we're not supposed to put our thoughts or our uh, our our beliefs or our opinions uh, into the story. But sometimes just by asking the question, you do that. And I think I kind of tipped my cap when I asked that (laughs) question of Connor Hellebuck, because I do think that. I do think right now how he's playing is the best goaltending of his career. And so by asking him, where do you think you are right now in this moment, I coached it by saying, like, I know it's early, but where do you think your game is now compared to wherever? And, And that's what he'd said is he thinks that this is the best version of himself. Now, it's always funny with Connor Hellebuck. Because I I think sometimes Connor Hellebuck, I'm not saying that he's, here, I'm not saying that he's lying, but I think sometimes he is just so all about positivity (laughs) that he'll say what he thinks His brain needs to care to keep him going forward. So, for example, on those nights, we've heard this so many times, where he'll have not his best night, and it's not often that he's off, but he won't have his best night, but he'll say, I liked my game, right? He'll come out, he was one of those guys who kind of led the charge on himself, because I think he's the kind of guy he doesn't want to beat up on himself, right? He doesn't want to, like, get down, I didn't have my best game, and rather than getting down on myself, I'm going to try and lift myself up with my comments and how I think so it's kind of like he's controlling his brain to go there one of the things that I'm not quite sure if Connor Hellebuck really and truly believes this is the best hockey that he's ever played before it comes because he is he essentially before he said that and and you may have the quote there or not but he talked about I'm getting I, I get better with every year so I'm at the place where I my game is the best it's ever been right now I don't Necessarily buy that. I don't think he was better last year than he was in his Vesna winning season. But I do truly think that he's there. And maybe he truly thinks that, or maybe it's one of those things that I think Connor Hellbuck is constantly in his own head trying to tweak himself. And it works, right? He's taken himself from not the highest prospect out there to being one of the best bullies, if not the best bullies in the world, by doing just this. But I agree with him. However, he's got to that belief, he thinks he's the best that he's ever been right now. I think you pointed out the numbers back it up. I think the way we're seeing this is backing it up. And what I find is really interesting about all this is Connor Hellbuck. Um, essentially what I was worried about with him was that if this team was able to get to how Bones played, I do believe goalies. Are, are rhythm creatures and one of the things that Connor hellebuck has shown that he can do in the past is when he's getting pelted by pucks he can be at his absolute best just go take a look at the games that he's faced 40 shots or more and see how many of them he's won and what his numbers look like he's good like that i would wondered if the jets get to a stage where they're not facing as many shots if that lower volume that lower pacing of shots would come to bite them that hasn't been what's happened i'm you know it's early but i think he's done a very good job of putting people like me who had those doubts uh, on notice that give him 15 shots, give him 30 shots, give him 45 shots, he's going to be the kind of goaltender who can play good no matter what uh, falls in his lap uh, on those nights. Ken, uh, let's get to the lamplighter. Who'd you have?
1: Yeah, you know what? It's interesting. Uh, I actually think I'm going to go with the uh, the couple Cole Perfetti's past honorable mention. Uh, I'm going with Kyle Connor to Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, Dubois, you know, four points in his last two games, but I'm way more impressed by the engagement than the, than just the production. I mean, yes, important for Pierre Luc Dubois to now be at ten points in eleven games, uh, but that was a really, really good pass by Kyle Connor to Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, and really good finish by Dubois to get his fifth of the year. Uh, I would all, you know, I was also tempted again. I, <laughs> I tempted on all four. Uh, Also, in terms of importance, Adam Lowry gets another solid honorable mention. Uh, He laughed about it. You know, we know he loves to go backhand five hole on the shorties. Uh, This time he went uh, medium blocker and buried it uh, past uh, Arvid Soderblom, uh, who had to leave the game. But uh, my lamplighter is uh, Kyle Connor to Dubois. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, sorry i just no that's yes <laughs> that's up. the dig
1: dig deeper I, that's the dig deeper.
0: we'll get to that but yeah, yeah. That, that is pretty darn solid uh just yes Throw out the uh, the lamplighter. We should we should uh, announce the winner from last time, and that Mm -hmm. was. And and I'm happy with this because Issue Boy Bruce is the winner of the (laughs) eight pack of lamplighter. I think I saw him in the chat room already. Issue Boy Bruce, I seem to find is someone who quite often agrees with Rennie's takes, which means he's agreeing with the right takes on this show, and it's good for good things to happen to good people. So it's your boy Bruce, you are the winner of the 8-pack of Lamplighter uh, from TransCanada. Brewing Company, absolutely delicious stuff. Nectar of the Gods. I gotta say, I had a little bit of a tasting party last night with some of the Canada brews uh, that we got sent home with Ken. Uh, great stuff, and the Lamplighter is right up there as one of their best. Uh, if you want to go check it out yourself, go down to their tap room at 11290 Keniston. You can pick up uh, an 8-pack of Lamplighter, or they got a lot of different stuff there. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. While you're down there, I know some of the people who have gone down there to pick up their lamp have grabbed some pizza on the way there you will be doing yourself a massive favor if you do just that if you're heading down there to pick up your lamp lighter, go check out what else they have to have there and everyone else there um, Ken and I are getting very close to announcing some dates but we're gonna have a couple of live viewings of Kenny and Randy down there and we can't wait to join you all down there just to show off what they do down there so well and also to finally meet and greet with people uh, so it's gonna be great uh, Johnston group got you covered what do you have for that
1: yeah, let's go Adam Lowry there. Uh, never mind the honorable mention, but uh, Adam Lowry Adam has you covered uh, with his uh, special teams play on the penalty kill. Uh, His second shorty of the year, his third goal. And just overall, Sean, we talked so much about the importance of secondary scoring, especially with Nikolai Ehlers out of the lineup, especially now with Morgan Barron leaving the Jets lineup for four to five weeks after wrist surgery. The Jets need complementary scoring. Adam Lowry off to an excellent start. That's his third goal of the year. He's done a nice job on that front. We know his game has always been more than just offense or what the offensive totals tell you. But it's important for him to chip in offensively. Uh, Adam Lowry has you covered, just like the Johnson Group does.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, I've got a different Johnson Group got you covered moment of the game. And it's that uh, save made by Connor Halbuck, which I think the game could have turned at that point. He talked about it afterwards. Jonathan Tays, in my opinion, just was passing off his to Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things where, where uh, Connor Hellebuck talked about it and said, oh, I almost got my stick on it to redirect it in the right. corner. But really smart forwards, that's the bait that they throw out, right? They throw the bait knowing that they're probably not going to get their stick there. And so as Connor Hellbuck tries to redirect it with the stick, he misses with the stick, gets it off the toe. But it's a perfect pass. And do you remember which uh, Chicago Yes, player? Taylor
1: Radish had the rebound.
0: Taylor really Radish good
1: save on the back end. end. And then he ran him out of real estate. He tried. He got another whack at it on the back end, but it was sailed wide. But that secondary save, as you mentioned, that was a really smart play uh, from the pride of St. Vitale, Jonathan Taves, really good play to pass it off the right leg. And Radish had a great rebound chance, but Hellebuck stood tall and, uh, you know, collected his 30 save shutout, which was the 30th shutout of his Jets career.
0: No doubt. And I think just like the Johnston group would get you covered. uh, There is no doubt about O'Connor Hellebuck had the Winnipeg Jets covered in that moment. You won't find two businesses with the same challenges. You will find 30,000 businesses with Chambers Plan Employee Benefits proudly administered by our friends at Johnston Group. Chambers Plan is Canada's number one plan for employee benefits because it evolves with the way you work and live. The plan is run as a not-for-profit designed specifically to support small businesses and its unique pooling strategy keeps rates stable so you won't have any surprises at your next renewal. Chambers Plan comes with professional consulting key financial legal and HR issues and teledoc telemedicine services are included with every health option see how Chambers Plan can benefit your business by visiting chamberplan.ca of course Chambers Plan another one of the ways that Johnson Group has got you covered uh Ken let's get to Capo Bianco I'm going there uh not necessarily because it was the topic conversation that I had pegged here but the chat room can't stop talking about him uh give an idea of the explanation of why he was in the lineup and how you thought he did
1: yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, I was on the CJB game show the other day with Kelly Moore, and we we talked about this very topic. I mean, obviously Rick Rick Bonus mentioned earlier this week that he would like to get him into a game, and well, guess what? Rick Rick Bonus controls the lineup, and Rick Bonus decided to get him in a game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, some folks are wondering, no, there was no injury to Dylan Sandberg, who was banged up earlier this year. Uh, we both, Sean, you and I both thought. Uh, and spoke with a couple scouts today. They thought that Sandberg was actually quite good the other night, and he was. But yeah. Rick Bonus wanted to get Kyle Capabianco into a game because A, he liked his training camp, he likes his work habits, he likes his ability to be a puck moving defenseman. And we talked the other you know, we talked last week about, you know, sometimes clean exits weren't coming as frequently for the Winnipeg Jets. So Kyle Capabianco gets inserted onto the third pairing with Dylan DeMello. And I thought he was steady, Sean. I mean this is an NHL caliber defenseman. In his first game of the year, he had 18 shifts for 15:30, two shots that were wide, two takeaways, one hit, one giveaway. I thought he, he did what a third-pairing guy is supposed to do. I mean, Kyle's not a, you know, he's not known for exceptional defensive play, but he has nice positioning. I thought he did a nice job in the D zone, got the puck moving north, used his vision, passing ability, and skating ability, to do a nice job I mean he's a good depth defenseman I, would I say he's ahead of Dylan Sandberg in the competition no I would not but he did what it was asked of him he came in and played a he did a capable job and showed that if the Jets if and when the Jets need him you can you can rely on him and some people will say well so what well I will say this Sean if you go a month between games that's a long time to jump into the NHL level and like Jansen Harkins jumped into the lineup, and he had been playing with the Manitoba Moose. All Kyle Capabianco has been doing for the last month is getting involved in bag skates and doing extra work to try to stay ready, because it's hard to be in game shape if you're not playing games, but Kyle Capabianco did what is incredibly difficult to do. He had over a month between games, stepped in, and did a nice job, and I thought he was, you know, again, he needs to be saluted for the effort. Uh, Does that mean he's in the lineup against Dallas on Tuesday? I'm not willing to, you know, put that in pen at this point. I would expect Dylan Sandberg to be back in the lineup, but I definitely think that Kyle Capabianco did a nice job uh, on the back end today.
0: You know, I got to say something. Uh, We take a look at how this was handled and the explanation by Rick Borence about these guys getting in the lineup, especially Jansen Harkins. Jansen Harkin's, was put in a tough spot right here's a guy who felt like he was you know an established winnipeg jet he didn't make this team out of training camp got sent down there's a number of ways you know a player can handle that you know what i'm not I, i'm not saying that this is the wrong way but we've seen from Billy hanley the way that he's handling it or his agent very least is handling it and maybe we got to get that conversation in today here as well Ken but but is to say you know he doesn't agree with the decision he believes that he should be somewhere else what we saw from Jansen Harkins a guy who's been with the Winnipeg Jets full time for is it three years now because he basically got pulled up in the COVID year this this sorry this would have been his third season here's a guy who probably has you no, know, somewhat of a right as much of a right as an nhl hockey player has to feel like he's established and cemented himself in the lineup who gets sent back down to the Manitoba Moose. Well, what does he go do? He goes down and he absolutely tears it up. I saw him having a conversation with one of the journalists in in the uh, tunnel the other day, after he was coming off practice with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, He was talking to Kevin Sawyer from the broadcast and Kevin asked him how he was doing, how he was coping. He said, you know what? It's hockey. This is hockey. You want to be an NHL player? You got to fight to be an NHL player. And he was in the middle of that fight Jansen Harkins went down and handled it exactly how a player is supposed to handle that. And what did we see here from Rick Bonus? We saw a recognition of that, a recognition of how he played down in the AHL, and a reward for handling it that way. I thought, from what I saw here, Jansen Harkins had a really good game. I thought that he popped to me. More than uh, than what I saw from Saku Menelainen, I thought his game today, it's only one game, one of the things that a guy has to do is he has to you know, bring it time after time after time. But I thought he brought more to the table on this night than Saku Manalainen did, even though Saku was further up the lineup. I thought from what we've seen from a player like Morgan Barron, and let me be, be clear on this, I think that these players have done a good job. I'm not saying that they're missing anything. I'm saying that I think Jansen Harkins raised his game to the level that we've seen this season from players like Morgan Barron, from Saku Menelainen. I think that he put himself in a position where now a conversation can happen of who stays up, who who goes down kind of things. And as for Capo Bianco, uh, you know, I was sitting with Huss for the game today and we were looking down at Capo Bianco, he didn't do too much, which is what you want from a guy like that, but he did not look at all out of place. And I think it's kind of easy for players in the lineup, a Dylan Sandberg, so to speak, you always want to be a little salty when you get taken out of the lineup, but when you've got a coach who is saying, you just got taken out of the lineup, not because we didn't like what we saw from you, but because this is a competitive team, it's a competitive environment, and the people who are competing for the ice time with you have been doing a really good job, and they deserve to be rewarded for the work that they've put in, and that's what I'm doing here. I just think this is this is one of these things where I don't think Dylan Sandberg can walk away from this and think that like this is unfair. I think that you take a look at this and think this, what is happening here, although it's not maybe the best thing for Dylan Sandberg in this moment, it is really good for team culture. And I just think it's another win for, uh, for Rick bonus as he's trying to bring this team together and move on down the line. Absolutely phenomenal. Let's talk about, Oh, sorry. Before we get into that, let's move uh, and tell us a little bit about your main man, Lou.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to welcome Lou Furlan, uh, Lou Ferlin to the show. He's uh, Lou Ferlin for all your real estate needs. If you're buying, if you're selling, uh, Lou Ferlin from uh, Royal LePage Dynamic Real Estate Realty is come on board. A big uh, supporter of sports in the community, along with being an incredible human being. Uh, he's, uh, he watches these Jets games very closely, and uh, we're happy to bring him on board as, as our latest sponsor.
0: Yeah, Rocha, uh, <laughs> if you heard the last one, uh, Ken was set to make some really big in his life housing wise and lou dragged him out of the pit that's true saved, and turned him around in his life uh so whether you are a savvy real estate estate investor we know that lou is the kind of guy who you know knows how to move million dollar homes he knows how to keep guys like kenny out of the gutter even as hard as kenny tried to get there lou Ferlin is the realtor for all situations uh so give our guy a look there and uh, i guess we should uh l- l- okay Louferlin.ca.
1: For those of you that aren't watching live and are maybe listening on the podcast, uh, you, can, you can check out uh, Lou and Lou's contact information and listings at uh, louferlin.ca.
0: And I think Ken has hijacked the conversation here when it comes to the Dig Deeper Award as handed out by Homefield, another one of our sponsors. Uh, He's gone, he's taken it, and he's given it to Kenny's water bottle. What is going on here? What is going on? I do have to say, Rennie says that as a journalist, they are not supposed to insert their thoughts into a story. No one could ever accuse Rennie of putting any thought into a story. You know what? As much as I think this is you showing favoritism, it clearly isn't. This is a good burn i'll be i'll have to put the bomb on as uh, the old seinfeld joke says after a burn like that for, for tonight i'll take it i'll accept it uh, and of course if you haven't heard about this uh we've added Homefield, uh who takes businesses and makes you uh makes you better at what you do uh Home Field marketing services absolutely excited to have them on board in every show We know we love to interact with you, the audience. Uh, We love it when you burn us. We love it when you give us good questions. We love it when you make interesting comments. Uh, They're all up for grabs uh, when it comes to the Home Field Award for Digging Deeper. Just like Home Field digs deeper for their clients uh we're going to give it to kenny's water bottle for digging deeper (laughs) on this one here today uh let's move to and you can
1: you can check them out at myhomefield.ca for for all your marketing and more uh, all your all your needs there can be satisfied
0: no doubt Uh, let's move to pierre-luc dubois who i think is um you know he was playing the kind of hockey there was one play where he just got the puck and he just started skating fast down the wing. It was a one-on-one. And it, it just basically, in my mind, it was like, hey, I'm fast and I'm big. I'm just going to throw that combo together and see if you can handle it. And, and the, the defenseman barely did. Pierre-Luc Dubois got a good scoring chance out of it. But the one thing I see from Pierre-Luc Dubois is when he plays a certain... Boy, oh boy, is he a handful. And I feel like he's been getting to that style under Rick Bonus's charge uh, quite a bit lately.
1: Oh, bang on, Sean. I mean, engagement is the word we always use when it comes to Dubois. Um, Goal assist, four hits. What do we have here? We got him for uh, Dubois. Four shots on goal, seven shot attempts, four hits. Uh, And the other part, too, engagement. Jared Tenorti took a run at Cole Perfetti in the neutral zone, and I think it was the first period. Perfetti, it was only a glancing blow uh, because he just got out of the way in time. Uh, Dubois got in the face of Jared Tenorti on a number of occasions. He was engaged physically. And that's when he's at his best. Let, let's be honest. I mean, when Pierre-Luc Dubois is playing a physical brand of hockey, he is stronger than most of the players on the ice, and he gets involved. And when he's doing that, as you mentioned, he's a handful. He's tough to manage. And, man, all four of the Jets centers are playing well. But you talk about that one-two punch down the middle, Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois, they, give, they make the Jets dangerous because it's hard for the opposition to choose which one of their checking lines they're going to send out against Dubois and which one they're going to send out against Mark Shifley.
0: Um, I, the one thing that I, I've seen from him that I wasn't quite sure was going to work with, uh, you know, Cole Perfetti along with, uh, with Blake Wheeler is, I think at his best and we've talked about this before. I think um, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois brought out the best in Kyle Connor and that he forced him into, you know, uh, some of the grittier areas that I don't think we'd seen Kyle Connor going to earlier in his career just by being a wrecking ball and kind of, you know, allowing Kyle Connor to get there in his wake, right? But it was kind of like, you know, what we're playing together, I'm going here, you got to follow me if this is going to work and it worked. But at the same time, I also kind of felt that Kyle Connor brought out the best version of Pierre-Luc Dubois because he sped up his game, right? If you want to keep up with me, then fine. I'll go to those dirty areas, but if you want to keep up with me, you've got to get going faster. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has quite a bit of speed, but just that size and that strength, you know, he created a version of him that I thought was the best version that we'd seen so far of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I wondered because Paul Perfetti, I think, has come into the league out of the OHL and maybe out of the AHL with a little bit of the style of play that we used to see uh, from, from, you know, maybe Mark Shifley, maybe uh, uh, Blake Wheeler, in that those guys can kind of play a little bit stationary and still pick other teams apart and get their points. I just don't necessarily think that that's the best version of those players' games. And I was wondering if Perfetti on a line with Wheeler and Dubois would have the potential to slow Dubois down. And I think that we saw a little bit of that at the beginning of the season, although I don't want to crap on that line because I do think that line was the culture carrier earlier on. I didn't think that at the beginning of the season we were seeing that speedier version of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I feel like what we've seen lately is Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, listen, I'm a big boy. I don't need someone else to get me up to speed. I'm just going to get up to speed and see what happens there. I feel like he's got there, and maybe it's a chicken versus the egg argument, but I feel like Blake Wheeler's starting to get to that speed game that he was known for a number of years past that maybe some of us didn't think He could play anymore at his age to me he's proving me wrong in that regard i saw a lot of him you know great forechecking great tenacity here earlier on tonight and it seems to be meshing well with Dubois and i think Perfetti's been a little slow to adopt that on that line but i think he's starting to pick up on it and you know Recognize the space that is created By those games and I think that's what we saw On the Schmidt Bowl tonight was A little bit of that wrecking ball mentality That Dubois has and Wheeler have Perfetti capitalizing On that finding you know the player That steps into that wake Uh, I thought that was really good stuff. Uh, And and I think Dubois has, I think, I think i need to dig into it a little bit more because maybe Blake Wheeler deserves the credit on this, but I think that Dubois is kind of getting to that place on his own and it's creating some absolutely phenomenal hockey. Um, I mean, uh, just just a quick
1: one there on, just, I mean, the zone entry by Perfetti on that goal was just exceptional. We talk about Nikolai as being the king of zone entries, obviously because of his electrifying speed, Perfetti did a nice job of picking the puck up between the blue lines, accelerating, and he found space for himself, right? His subtle move, he's basically in around the dots through the middle. He kind of cuts towards the left-wing boards and then finds the space to see Schmidt joining the rush. I mean, that was really exceptional. Uh, Dubois is skating very well. I think, uh, again, and I love this. We saw it the other day, Sean. Accountability. I talked about it on the last show. Pierre-Luc Dubois... A lot of people were down on Pierre-Luc Dubois after the last game, you know, worrying, whatever, oh, well, now it's going to be like Columbus or whatever else. Come on, give me a break. The guy called himself out for playing one of the worst games he's ever played, then played one of his best games of the year, then followed it up with another good game. I mean, does he still need to be con- a little bit more consistent in his game? Yes, he knows that. He's 24 years old. He's starting to figure it out at this level and he's been an impact player and Sean I know one of your concerns was who's going to be the shooter on that line I still think that Cole Perfetti is going to need to be a little bit more greedy in terms of when to shoot the puck but he's also an exceptional passer that will come with time but I think that Pierre-Luc Dubois is highly comfortable being the shooter on the line he's going to get good looks playing with Perfetti and Wheeler now he's up to five goals I had Dubois down for 30 goals this year. It's not going to be easy. His career high is 29. But I think that Dubois has the ability and capability to be a 30-goal scorer.
0: Um, Kenny, I just got to say this. When you tell people to give me a break, I feel like... Give me, give me a break is the step cousin of wake up uh, <laughs> but that's I gotta fair, say that's fair. It, it made me think how come we're not here in wake ups anymore is the chat room just have we conditioned the chat room to not have such bad takes that can we will not call them out with a wake up I'm like I almost feel like I gotta throw it a bad take I know it would be hard for me to do but I feel like <laughs> I need to throw it a bad take to get to get the wake ups rolling again like people want their wake ups Ken maybe you need to lower the standard of what gets a wake-up out of you because i miss it i'm I'm like rick bonus
1: sean i have a high standard we have high standards here we need to meet those standards but yes i apologize i dropped two wake-ups uh with hustler on winnipeg sports talk on friday so maybe i didn't want to overuse it i didn't want to overuse it here so you're you're um, cheating
0: you're cheating uh, the wake-ups. You're cheating on Kenny and Rennie and everything we stand for to throw your wake-ups out on on a, uh, on another program. I, I couldn't be more disappointed with you than I am yeah, right I was, now. Hang on. then I'm going to tell you to wake. You yeah. need to wake up and get dust off the wake-ups on this program because there's a couple of them that need it out there. Come on. Here we go. That's, cool.
1: that's true. Um, I was wearing my wake up shirt with the Canar branding. So I was not cheating. I was just promoting out there. Give me that's a wake up for you. Right back at you.
0: <laughs> here we go. It's your boy Bruce says, Throw us a bone here, Kenny. And I gotta say, I've messed this up too. I know some people were calling for the headband. I forgot again after I said that I wasn't gonna do it, I forgot to put the headband in. There's gonna be no headband today here, people. I'm sorry. Ken, you have anything you want to say to me?
1: yeah wake up get your head in go. your in there your bag let's go it's
0: all we needed it's all we needed okay, however guys. however
1: you were kind enough to bring me a poppy when mine uh, dropped out of my pocket today so yeah, i don't want to be too some- hard on you i don't want to be too someone, hard on you
0: i saw someone was calling me out and saying finally sean put on or finally ready, oh come put on we've on been wearing them all month i was wearing it yeah exactly so i that that deserves a wake up okay we want to transition transition into a conversation that we want to have but before before we get there we want to give uh another shout, shout out to another one of, of our uh, of our great sponsors that we have on this show. Uh, let's give a shout out to Cambrian Credit Union who it's so good to be able to talk about them. They got a big month coming up here and a lot of initiatives that we're going to be talking about but until then we want to talk about their unfee accounts. Kenny and I, we're like the, the hair club for men people. We're not just, uh, we don't just talk about it, we're clients as well. Uh, both of us have unfee accounts and one of the things we love about them of course is banking for free uh, with on Fiat Cambrian, save two hundred twenty-two dollars per year. Simply set up a recurring direct deposit every month to so your Cambrian checking or savings account, and you qualify. No minimum balance required. And of course, one of the things we love about partnering with Cambrian uh, is they're just so so involved with the community. What you see before you is a list of all the donations that they've made in our communities and sponsorship. Uh, we love going local and the people uh, you know who, who do good things in our community. And no doubt about it, we are proud to partner with Cambrian because they. Do exactly that okay let's dive into this conversation we were in the bathroom at canada life center and you were in a bathroom stall and i was outside the bathroom stall and we were having a conversation about this people thought i was just ra- arguing with some random talking was- to yourself talking to myself <laughs> yeah and then maybe it's a little uncomfortable to talk to a guy while he's in the bathroom stall but i've never been afraid to push the boundaries and stuff like that um we were talking about a conversation sorry a, a question that I asked that was answered by Josh Morrissey where he talked about the idea of Rick Bonus's system he believes is taking the pressure off the stars on this team and I'm interested in your thoughts on what you think he meant by that I want to throw uh one of these up here um oh I guess I, I forgot to do it, but someone had talked about Blake Wheeler and how good he's playing right now and i I couldn't agree more. I think Blake Wheeler's brand of hockey has been integral to the success of the Winnipeg Jets so far this season. I looked at him tonight, and even on nights where he's not popping on the scoreboard, someone pointed it out. Julie Sue pointed out him tracking down a player, stealing the puck, just sticking with it. I think that he's like the culture carrier on this team right now in the way that he's playing. I wonder if you feel that the comment made by Josh Morrissey about the system that is out here Taking the pressure off of stars like Wheeler being one of those on this team. Do you think that what he was talking about maybe applies at all to Blake Wheeler and why we're seeing Blake Wheeler play the way he's playing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it applies to the group as a whole. I mean, I mean, what we know about the Jets, Sean, they were too top heavy, and on the nights where their top line or top two lines didn't carry them on a lot of nights, then they didn't win a lot of those games because they weren't getting enough from the guys down in the bottom of the lineup and. I mean, Adam Lowry talked about the importance of having that complimentary scoring going into the year, and he's backed it up. I mean, this team far too often played three lines for almost the entire tenure that the Jets have had. So they're getting minutes from their fourth line. And I mean, you mentioned Harkins. I mean, that entire fourth line was solid. Sam Gagne, David Gustafson, Jansen Harkins together. I thought they were very good. I also would say I I do have one quick counter. I know I'm taking this to a different place. Menelainen, Sean, five shots on goal, seven attempts today. I thought he was all around the puck. Uh, I really liked his game uh, on that third line with Adam Lowry. But in terms of Blake Wheeler, I mean, again, it's another night where he played, he's asked to play 16 minutes. Blake will give you everything that he has in the tank on you know most nights, almost every night. That's his calling card. He's a guy who's consistent. He's, like we said, a little bit of pressure was alleviated from him, from his orbit. He's focusing on hockey. He's doing a nice job in that line. I think he's been a very good mentor for a guy like Cole Perfetti. And, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler have an obvious connection, Sean. We've been talking about this now for three years. Since the trade was made, those guys play well together. They're big, strong guys. They play a straight-line game, and they're very effective together. So I think that uh, that's part of it. In terms of the you know pressure being alleviated for the entire group because of the system and because they're playing four lines, that, that's a fact. I mean, the Jets have to do it and sustain it for longer than 11 games, but 7-3-1, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, can they sustain it with this month? I mean, the schedule is lined up for them. If they can continue to build incrementally, which is what they've been doing, we'll see where it takes them. But to me, it's from what you talked about earlier. I mean, the Jets are playing a, a type of game that makes them dangerous, right? Today, their special teams picked them up. Up until today, their power play had kind of let them down. I mean, 26th or 27th in the league, that's not what we were expecting, especially after what we saw during the preseason. I mean, so let's see what happens from here, but I am i can't wait for the game on Tuesday, Sean, because the Dallas Stars... They skated the Jets into the ground. They made them look slow. And they also were very physical towards the Jets in that game. So, you know, now the Jets have strung together two consecutive wins. Can they finish off the homestand by putting together another template type of effort against the Dallas Stars team that just blew out the Edmonton Oilers?
0: Yeah, well, you said they made the Jets look slow. It was a similar case with a very fast Edmonton Oilers team. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to lose what I wanted to talk about though with the star thing. I wanted to give my opinion on this because I, I, when Josh Morrissey said that, my ears perked up, and I think one of the things that kind of goes to what Josh is talking about is this team game that the jets are going to play i had wondered what it was going to do to like the potential for a 90 point season for a guy like kyle connor or maybe even the long long streak of point per game seasons that uh, mark shifley has had because what i know is the breakdown and and sometimes it takes a couple of years to get back to that but what bones is asking for from this team is a breakdown of maybe some of the selfish habits of hockey that this team has had for a number of years um, into more of a team game and sometimes that can mean less production i think that's kind of what we've seen so far at the beginning of this year mark is not a point per game player um kyle connor is not scoring goals in absolute bunches but what we're seeing is that you know and, and part of that too ken is going to be the fact that the bottom six is being given more responsibility and that's less ice time for those other players but also these star players you know the the, the Blake wheelers the the um the Mark Scheifeleys the Kyle Connors the Pierre-Luc Dubois are gonna have to learn to integrate a more defensive game in with the offensive game that they've been playing I think though And this is a take I'm going to get. The chat room can let me know what they think. Hey, maybe this is one of the Sean Reynolds conspiracy theories. (laughs) So I know someone asked for it last time. Let's trot it out here. This is what I think. When I hear uh, Josh Morrissey talk about that, I think that there may have been pressure in years past on this Winnipeg Jets team, the way they were played, the way that they were constantly being asked to score their way back into games, the way that they were been playing and utilized where the fourth line barely got any ice time. So if you're the top guys out there, you better be scoring because that's what it it takes to win games. This system that is being said by Rick Bonus that asks of all four lines on this team to look like each other and then the skill will take over what that means is it's being said to kyle connor to mark shifley to pierre luc dubois to blake wheeler to cole perfetti to all these players see what's going on with Janssen fialdi uh with the Gus bus with all these players how they're playing that gritty style that's what we want you to look like you need to look like that first and then you need to have your skill i think that does take pressure off of these players. Because before this, I wonder how often in games there was a subconscious balance being struck by players like Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. That, you know, in some of these games where they'd come out, they'd get outshot 40 to 18, but they'd win those games. I wonder how much there was a subconscious uh, um, conversion of effort by those players where they weren't playing their best defensive game, but they needed to be ready to strike and pounce and go down and be opportunistic and score. We haven't seen opportunistic scoring the last two games, and yet we've seen the Jets win games properly and the offense be there at the right time. That's what I thought when I heard uh, um, a Josh Morrissey talk about this that there's not a pressure for the Jets players and stars to be like, we got to be ready to pounce when the time is right because we got to win this game three to one, even though we're getting outshot 42 to 22 or something like that. I don't know what you think of that uh, idea, Ken. Uh, am I out to lunch or am I on to something?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean...
0: I can't believe I'm giving you the right to respond to this, but go ahead anyway. <laughs>
1: I just don't feel as strongly about it as you do. I know you've given this a lot of thought. Uh, I'm not saying it's out to lunch, but uh, you know, if you were wearing a tinfoil hat, you know the conspiracy theory would be there. But no, I mean, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, it's impossible to know. I mean, again, unless you know, players are as honest as they can be with us, but no player wants to rip their old coaches. Right now, this is the thing. Paul Maurice was the right coach for the Jets for a certain amount of time in their career. Then it was time for something else. Right now, the Jets are ready for a different voice. They have a different voice. And so far, they're responding to that voice. I mean, every coach has a shelf life. Right now, Rick Bonus is in the early stages. But he's connecting with these players. We saw it from the first day of training camp, Sean. These players were engaged. They were asking questions of every member of the coaching staff on the ice. And they are reached the point to when they, where they knew they needed to improve. Like, again, the, the definition of rock bottom is different for every single person. But the jet what the Jets did not want to happen was a repeat of last year where they didn't live up to expectations and were often miserable coming to the rink. Right now, we don't see misery. We see the Jets loving life. They love hockey. They're staying out late. They're getting out early. All you see is engagement. You see a lot of positivity. And that's natural when things are going well. The true test for the Jets, Sean, will be what happens at the first little bit of a, of a lull in, in their play. Or, you know, what if there's a small, you know, whether it's a losing streak or whatever else. I mean, how are people going to respond then? What we know of the vibe around the Jets is different. And, you know, part of the reason we know that is because for the first time in three years, we're around the room more. But it's not just what's happening in the room. It's what you see on the ice. It's what you see in the games themselves. And, Sean, the most important thing, we've talked about this all week long, the most important development for this week for the Winnipeg Jets, they knew last week wasn't good enough. And you know what they did? They did something about it, right? That's what they did. They went out and put in the work required, A, on special teams, B, on their structure, C, on puck management, and they got a result. And now we're going to see what happens as, as the week continues to roll along. You know, there's some other important games on the schedule coming up. Uh, Jets can't look too far ahead, but what they have ahead, we can look ahead. They play the Dallas Stars, they play the Calgary Flames, and they play the Seattle Kraken, a team that has improved from last year. The yep. Calgary Flames won the offseason title, but have been up and down, uh, including a, one of their worst games of the year against the Nashville Predators. But their schedule's been weird. They've been home for nine of the first ten games, and their only road trip was to Edmonton. So that's another weird schedule. That's way too long to be in one place. But now, you know, we'll see what happens when things start to change. So, anyways, that's a long-winded way of saying, uh, I will take your theory under advisement. I need more than I need more than eleven games to say, aha, you're onto something. I think you're possibly onto something. I'm not dismissing your theory, but I'm not giving it the full-on checkmark yet as, either. You know what?
0: What all of us could be early adopters, Ken. Some of us are to <laughs> see things before other people see it. No, yeah, I'm just kidding, yeah, Ken. yeah.
1: You see a lot of things. Hologra- <laughs> holograms. You're seeing holograms right now.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, let me get to... I wanted to touch on something you said there sure. and I think it's important to talk about because you said at one time Paul Maurice was the right coach. I need to acknowledge a couple of things here. We clearly want to give a voice to, to the chat room and we do that so that a lot of times I'm clicking on uh, on comments that are very, very critical of Paul Maurice. Now one of the things as a journalist when I do that, it's kind of like that thing where when you in your Twitter, Twitter bio you say retweets aren't endorsements, right? I'm here to give a voice to the chat room, but there's going to be people out there in the hockey world that think, you know what? Sean Reynolds is out there and people are saying mean things about Paul Maurice and he's putting it out there. That's a risk I have to take because I want to give a voice to the chat room. Um, It doesn't mean that I agree with all these comments, but I will say this. I think that I've been very critical of Paul Maurice so far this year. I think Ken would most definitely agree with that. And a lot of the conversations that we have, I think he would agree with that. I do think, and let me be upfront and clear about this, that a lot of the thoughts that I share, you know, about Paul Maurice, about the, where the jets have been in the past. I am a firm, firm believer that Rick bonus is, is, has come in and very directly and very pointedly is taking aim at rooting out a lot of the issues that I believe were created by Paul Maurice in his time here that he either didn't take on or wasn't, able to take on and I and I have been very critical in the past that I think those very issues are the issues that have held the Winnipeg Jets back for a number of years so let me get that out front and say that that those are my beliefs so a lot of the criticisms that I've been saying so far um, that that's what they're rooted in But I was thinking about this, and I thought, we do need to have this conversation, Ken, and I know you're going to want to weigh in on this. The chat room has been very hard on him, and and I, I am a big believer that there are going to be things that happen this year that show the Jets needed to move on from Paul Maurice and his system. I will say this. I was thinking about this the other day. The Jets, where they sit right now, challenging for first, escaping a number of games this year, and the games that I I put in that vein are the Rangers game, the Kings game, the uh, Coyotes game, and the Golden Knights game after that are are games where the Jets walked away with a combined seven points that I don't think they would have got If they hadn't gone through the Paul Maurice era now think about this for a second Paul Maurice I don't think it was the right way to win a Stanley Cup but Paul Maurice has made this team an extremely capable team at coming back in games a team that never ever believes that it's out of a game a team that is capable of doing very special things when it comes to opportunistic scoring And belief, you know, go back to the the Oilers series where they swept the Oilers in that game that they were down 4-1 and came back and won that game. I truly do believe that the Winnipeg Jets now are a team capable of it that have it stamped in their very DNA that the Jets are never out of a game. And the person I credit for that is Paul Maurice. And I'll say this. I've been clear about the issues that I think that were that festered underneath his team and that I don't think they were going to get over the hump with that voice but imagine this for a second a Rick bonus coach team that has a blueprint that it follows that is in almost every single game because the system keeps them in the game which is something uh, I believe it was uh, Josh Morrissey talked about he said you know Uh, and the idea of the Stars not having to be leaned on the way they are, the Jets, I think, by the end of this season, are going to believe they're in every single game because their system keeps them in those games. But imagine how lethal a tool Rick Bonus will have at his disposal having a team that plays the right way and keeps itself in games but is also capable of consistently believing it is never out of games because it has the ability to quick strike its way back into games like we saw against the the Rangers like we saw against the LA Kings like we saw you know in that game against the the Arizona Coyotes I truly believe that if the Jets do special things going forward this year they will do it not only because of the the things that uh rick bonus corrected this year but because of the dna and capabilities that were imprinted on this team by paul Maurice. and i think people need to remember that going forward i think that if we take a look at what happens here there will be elements of paul Maurice in this team that make it special ken do you have a take on
1: yeah i mean that's the thing i mean yeah i mean were there things that Paul Maurice would have liked to have done differently near the end of his tenure? Of course there are. I mean, every single coach uh, goes through those things, and, and here's the other thing. Sometimes you become a better coach after your time of reflection. I mean, those are facts. I mean, that's why I said, I, I, the day that Paul Maurice resigned, my column had a simple premise. Paul Maurice left the Jets in a better place when he left than where they were when he began. And that's not because I blame Claude Noël. Claude Noël is a lot smarter person than some vans will give him credit for. He just didn't have a lot of talent at his disposal in those early years. So uh, for me, Paul Maurice did a did a very good job at various points in his tenure. But the players... Paul Maurice wanted the Jets to be better defensively, but he didn't have the same level of accountability that we've seen in the early stages of Rick Bonus's tenure here either. I mean... But we also said this hasn't been fixed either. And I mean, Paul Maurice was a different coach with Dustin Bufflin at his disposal than he was without Dustin Bufflin at his disposal. Their defense core went from being one of the best in the NHL to one that has been a work in progress now for what? Four or five years. So uh, sometimes, I mean, this is is where we've often had a debate. Um, Often I think, you know, a coach can make a big impact on a team, on a game. But execution is the most important part. You can have the best-laid plans if your players are either not bought in or don't execute. Sometimes it doesn't even matter what the coach does. So uh, I think accountability goes deeper than just with the coaching staff. Uh, and you know, and I know you're not saying that was the only thing either. I mean, um, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's always like I said, if there was more truth serum involved, we would get some other answers. But sometimes you just need a change. And some teams flourish under change, and some teams struggle after change. Right now, the Jets are enjoying the change that has been given to them. And, like we talked about, I mean, we've been around Rick Bonus teams where he's been coaching. They have a certain characteristic. And what we've been wondering, Sean, for a long time is this core group willing to adapt to the characteristics of a Rick Bonus coach team? And right now we're seeing some strides. Is it a work? Is it is it a perfect picture? No of course not. It's going to take months and possibly the entire season to really know for sure if that's what's happening. But right now we see signs of it already having an impact and it'll be interesting to see where those things go from here. Because the Jets are showing a different level of commitment that we haven't seen since 1819, And again, people don't want to bring up the past. We're bringing up the past, Sean, to provide some context. Yeah. Every single year is different. And what I also remind people who thought just because the Jets made it to the conference final in 2018, Paul Maurice himself, the day the Jets got eliminated, was at the podium saying... Just because you got to the conference final in the spring doesn't mean you automatically get to the conference final and beyond the next year, right? I mean, that's not the way it works. Some teams have humongous disappointment. Some teams bounce back from that disappointment. Some teams continue their progression. I mean, the Colorado Avalanche, Sean, are a great example. Couldn't get out of the second round for three years in a row, even sometimes when they had a highly skilled and capable team. Last year, they broke through and won it all. What I also like to remind people when it comes to coaching, as specifically as it pertains to the John Cooper coach, Tampa Bay Lightning, when pierre luc Dubois and the Columbus Blue Jackets swept the juggernaut Tampa Bay Lightning, there were some people who wanted John Cooper fired. If that had happened, there's no chance the Tampa Bay Lightning win two consecutive Stanley Cups after that right it wasn't coaching it was just a bunch of circumstances that didn't work right but also the management team went out and got a checking line and that checking line helped push them over the top with the skill of their players and an all-world goalie so uh, every team is different right now we see the Jets are in undergoing a metamorphosis where that takes them is still unclear but right now it's taken them to a battle for first place in the central division And what we're gonna see after this, who knows? But what we see is a commitment that we have not seen for a number of years. And that commitment is being repaid in terms of points in the piggy bank. And we'll see what happens is this month, you know, kind of, like I said, I like to evaluate things, we evaluate after every game, but the bigger picture evaluations happen here. They happen at 20 games, they happen at 41 games, They happen at 60 games, then they happen at 82 games. Right now, the Jets are off to a fantastic start. But it's up to them to see what they can do with that start.
0: You know, I'm glad, I'm glad we brought up this conversation. Uh, you know what? I think there's a lot more, you know, I always say this to you, fertile ground. This conversation has a lot of fertile ground uh, because I'm liking a lot of the points that are being made up by the audience here. I mean, here T. Will says, uh, uh, were the 2018 Jets good because of Pomo or in spite of them? I'm not, I, I remember that year wanting to throw a lot of money on the Jets making the playoffs because I looked at that roster. I thought they were a phenomenal roster and couldn't believe they weren't making the playoffs uh, the year before that. I was certain that they were going to be a good team that year and sure enough they went that direction I'm just going to say this I think it's I think it's both I think they were a great roster without Paul Maurice but I also think that Paul Maurice was part of making that roster great Um, to to Ken's point about you know like a, a coach being a good coach for the right time someone had made a comment in here that that he wasn't good with players I think one of the other things that Paul Maurice was really good at is listen it's not easy people want to give the Jets scouting staff credit for for um you know like just finding fines all the time there's a You find a player, you draft him at 18, and in between that time to getting to be a contributing and very good NHL player, a lot of stuff can happen to ruin players. Just take a look at Taylor Hall's career if if you have any doubt about that. There's a lot of really good players that I think would have ended up being something if not for that. I think Paul Maurice consistently took and turned players into what, you know, the best case scenario was for those players. I just think that, you know, he got good individual efforts. I don't think that he brought those all together like that. But there's also, there's also uh, like here, sometimes I I, I talk and I think are people even listening to me, like uh, Loken here has said, how about the losing streak towards the end of COVID season? That didn't indicate to you that he should have been fired. Come on, all this kind of stuff. Loken, I don't think is listening to, to, to what we're saying here. Whereas Rob Noakes, I think, has got this nailed on. And this, I think, Kenny, is where you and I have the biggest disagreement. Paul Maurice was guilty of allowing unaccountability for some players. It deflated the team repeatedly. I agree with this. And I do think that this was the great failure of Paul Maurice with the Winnipeg Jets. I think that at some point, I don't think he lost the room, but I think he lost parts of the room. And I think the parts of the room that he kept, didn't feel the account, and I think that that kind of was the problem that we were seeing, whereas I think what we're seeing right now is a very accountable game by the Winnipeg Jets. Um, so I, I read a couple of comments. This isn't just the only one from Loken here, but this is the point I think that I was trying to make. This is the great difference, I think, in, in how you and I think of this entire situation. But Loken seems to think that by me bringing this up and giving Paul Maurice credit, that I'm condoning a lot of the stuff that happened and, oh, you really think this? You really think that, that Paul Maurice uh would have done this would have done that i think this very thing the the accountability issue plagued the winnipeg jets since 2018 2019 and it was something that he never got around to correcting and i i honestly think that there was you know from what we're seeing is we're seeing this problem being tackled and we're seeing fairly immediate results into 10 games into the season here um but but uh But I I do think that there could have been a more direct approach to this coming from Paul Maurice. Um, And again, I do think that there was a ton of things that he did really well. And again, I want to go on the record and give credit and say whatever happens going forward with the Winnipeg Jets. I think there is a part of that. Hey, I'm not saying it's going to happen. The Winnipeg Jets go out and have great success in the playoffs this year. Rick Bonus will be the guy that turned things around and got that team, this team going in that direction. I think he'll have created a blueprint that makes that work. But I think a lot of what this team is capable of, it owes to Paul Maurice um there was another conversation i wanted to dig deep in on this and i don't think we have time for it i was going to float it but i don't want to float it because uh i I don't want it to become conversations elsewhere you're gonna have to tune in next game there's something along the lines of a conversation like this that we have to have that i think the chat room is kind of go going to go on fire on is there anything you want to say before we do leave though ken
1: no all good Uh, lots of there's it's a long season we'll have plenty of time to debate
0: all right, sounds good. Uh, we do have to get out of here because we've gone over an hour. Uh, chat room, I feel like this is one of those shows we, you know, especially since we started this, we should pick up this conversation at another good time. Good intensity. Because, because the chat room needs to have its say on this. So we will revisit this again, I promise. And feel free to jump in and say you want to revisit it again. We can do it at that time. Uh, other than that I just want to talk the chat room was absolutely on fire today. they should be because I think there's reason to be excited in the direction that the Winnipeg Jets are, are heading in especially after it's funny to say my personal belief their first two games of stacking you know the proper effort and the proper, blueprint back-to-back. Let's see if they can make it three after the la- the next one. I don't think it's going to turn out very good for them against the Dallas Stars if they don't stack it up for three straight games. Uh, but Again, uh, love the intensity of the chat room. want to give a shout-out to all our sponsors, Vittorio Rossi, TransCanada Brewing, the Johnston Group, Lou Furlan, Homefield, and Cambrian Credit Union. I've said it once, I'll say it every time we end these shows. We love being in this space. I think you love being in this space and being able to talk with us as well. We've the reason these conversations are happening in these spaces is because of the efforts and the support of sponsors like the ones I just named to you. If you appreciate having these conversations and being part of these conversations, please appreciate our sponsors who are making these conversations happy. Thank you so much to them. Thank you all. Thank you, Ken, for doing what you do and bringing out the wake-up. And you know what I'm going to do because it was asked for uh, and it was suggested? I'm going to throw on and end the show with a tie headband. I know that. Frank's going to kill me for doing this, but let's do it so I can play the song. Let's run it. It's a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Randy show. <laughs>